0: Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast, produced in association with the
1: Marketeers Network. On the show this week, we're talking creativity. Uh, we're going to review some of the best bits of creativity our panel has seen over the past month or so. On the show today, to help us review the best creative work uh, is Kim Elaine, who's creative lead at MSL. Ashley Ross, Creative Director at Halpern, and James Gordon McIntosh, who's co-founder and Chief Creative Officer at Hope and Glory. For this new regular episode of the PMM podcast, we're going to be rolling out a panel. uh, And on each episode, each panelist will have their favourite bits of creativity they've seen recently reviewed. um, And we'll have a bit of a chat about it, in essence. Um, This special episode of the PMM podcast is brought to you in partnership, um, naturally enough, with the good guys at Creative Moment. Um, And if you want to read a bit more about creative inspiration, do check out Creative Moment to have a look at what's going on thanks so much as ever to our PMM podcast sponsors the PRCA kim Ashley, and james welcome to the show
2: hi thank you for having us
1: an absolute pleasure kim let's come to you first uh what's caught your eye this week uh, in terms of your your favorite bit of creativity that you've seen
2: so my favorite bit of creativity which um i actually didn't realize it was one of our panelists pieces of work um was our IKEA um, and shelter collaboration showcasing um, how unsafe temporary accommodation basically is for families? So, taking over their showrooms um, and really showing the cramped conditions and how kind of crappy it is to live in those kind of spaces. Um, I think it was just ace work I think it's ten ten work that really showcases not even just what people are going through with temporary accommodation and it's n- normally a lot of like women and children etc that are, are going through these kind of situations but just kind of what the UK um, specifically London is experiencing, experiencing currently um, there's so many friends of mine that like are looking for one bed, two beds, like flats to live in, um, specifically kind of in their late 20s, early 30s, and are are having to flat share to get a decent house or spending out of their nose holes to just kind of get somewhere that is somewhat suitable. Um, I I consistently have this conversation and and a bit of a joke, even though it's not funny, about how one five can get you a bit of a crap then in London, which obviously isn't what anybody wants to live in. Um, but we, we have a real crisis on our hands in terms of accommodation, um, the, the kind of housing crisis, et cetera. And I feel like it's just a great way to show it. You walk around Ikea and you always go, Oh, I'd love my living room to look like this. And Oh, I'd love my, my house to look like this. But when you're actually seeing the reality of what some people's like accommodation situation is, um, it's really harrowing and it really makes us sit and think like, this is, this is a reality and this is something that needs to be dealt with um I feel like I'm always having this real conversation about when we're doing creative and when we're coming up with campaigns are we actually doing stuff that kind of hits home to our consumer is it things that people actually give an f about not to kind of swear but like um is it things that people actually care about and is it it things that our consumer is actually going to look at and be like you know what that is a reflection of my life and I think this one really really does sit with like a general consensus of how people feel about the housing crisis
1: uh, just give us just explain a little bit Kim on the actual activation just uh, it's difficult to um paint paint a picture in words but just uh, what what actually did did ikea do
2: so it was them taking over their kind of showrooms of like how uh, flats and um uh, different rooms look how that you normally kind of have their beautiful kitchens and your beautiful bathrooms and it literally were like uh fold out beds kind of all squashed together and kind of like broken down sinks and just just the real real uh kind of visual of how some of these temporary accommodations look we know that there's influencers that are going around currently looking at council homes and the fact that people are having like leaks and rats and cockroaches and all types of things that you, you would never want to live in and it was that like visually putting that into place for people that are potentially um blessed to be able to go through an Ikea and actually see like oh this this lovely chandelier that I want to put in my house etc so it was just like a real visual representation of temporary accommodation
1: sure and just to confirm we'll, we'll in- include some video and some pictures on the show notes and links to those um, so that people can have a look at it if they haven't had a chance to see it yet um go on utterly uh, what, what do you think was did you like that one
3: I really liked it. And I like to your point, Kim, it was super disruptive in that you go around like here to look at pristine show homes and to see one that is so shockingly different to what's around it would have really made an impact. Um, and I also really liked that it was um, a commitment from shelter to um get ninety ninety thousand more social homes built by 2030 um and i don't know if there was i mean james you'll know it's your campaign i don't know if there's a call to action to get people to um take that take that goal um to their mp or, or something like that but i just really like that there was a goal tied into it that people potentially were more aware of after seeing it yeah
1: um john james mildly awkward one for you but um just talk us through from from your from the creative side of it how or creators side of it i should say um give, give us an insight into how how it all worked uh
0: well that's a good question i i mean i, I mean first of all i have to say i i'm very annoyed by this idea because it wasn't mine <laughs> um uh, it was actually dominique's uh who has run the account ever since she joined us pretty much uh as well she hasn't run it since she was an intern but she's been on it since she was an intern and now runs it and it was actually hers Um, I think she first came up with it when um, Ikea first announced that they had a partnership with Shelter about a year ago. It's one of those ideas that, um, you know, someone who's an account lead, first of all, came up with uh, and has just pushed and pushed and pushed um, and finally got over the line. Because, well, as you can imagine, changing room sets in Ikea is not an easy job um, and turning them into temporary accommodation is something that, you know, the client took a... Uh, a leap of faith with, um, which we were super chuffed with. But um, uh, yeah, obviously, Kim, you're absolutely right. It was very much there because IKEA and Shelter have a partnership. They are pushing government to uh, increase the number of um, homes in the UK by 90,000. And they are very, very committed to that. And yes, there is a there is a big, uh, it's an integrated campaign insofar as, you know, there is public affairs involved. Um, there is a lot of um, customer relations stuff um, involved, a lot of community-based um, work involved um, in it. But um, yeah, I think it's just one of those... I don't know about anyone else, but I, I mean, I think the concept of creative directors in PR, is, it's, not, you know, it's not particularly new now. I've been around for, what, 10 years or so, but um, there's still nothing that gives me joy. Uh, anything like hearing a really bloody good idea that I've had nothing to do with uh, signed off and out in the wild. I, you know, I mean, I think that we have lauded titles, but I do love it when a team comes up with a belter and then pushes it through
1: um and Otter, you when we chatting before it was it was quite interesting watching the the coverage build for this one it wasn't it didn't happen immediately but it it built over time
3: yeah because i think it was in selected stores and then when it first came out because i remember i was really interested in it and how it was doing so i was sort of keeping an eye on the coverage not to stalk you james um but there was um quite a lot of trade coverage and regional coverage but then it seems like the only the big Um, high-reaching nationals and broadcasts came later
1: and is that something you've sort of is that is that a bit more normal these days Kim or is that is that um that's that sort of building of media coverage as opposed to just that initial hit if you like
2: um I'm finding it a lot more I think where like as PRs um we need to take a lot more pride when we get our coverage than we were maybe even previously before. Because I think every single day you're fighting with new news um, and there is this big thing of like, yes, you could come out with this IKEA idea, but then like Boris Johnson might get arrested down the road. like you you actually don't know what's going to happen and what you're competing with in terms of news. So I think there is just a standard of um, teams having to like really rework the, the story and kind of repitch it into um, titles etc to just get the hit that it deserves um, and I think this really really did deserve the the coverage that it got um, but yeah there, there's a level of creativity in selling in stories nowadays just have to keep refreshing it how like who are we going to reach out to how why like just to make sure that it's it's landing where it needs to land and it doesn't just get lost by the million of other stories that are happening nowadays.
1: Great. Um go on Otter, what were your you've come at this in a slightly different way, haven't you? You've got a you've got a couple of campaigns that you really like. Do you want to do you wanna talk us through your first one?
3: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of good work at the moment. Um, so my first one is um, British bike helmet manufacturer, um Endura, who they're doing this big campaign um with charity, the Brain Charity. Um, and it's all about getting cyclists because they're they're growing in population. It's all about getting cyclists to think about wearing a helmet because there's still people cycling around without protective gear on. Um, so they released a limited edition number of helmets, um, which actually featured CAT scans of real brain injuries sustained during cycling without a helmet. Um, and I think it's really hard hitting. They worked with some neuroscientists in Liverpool to make sure that everything was sort of accurate and to scale on the helmets. Um, And then they displayed them in a shopping centre. and I like the fact that it was a really simple campaign, super visual. So all of the visuals that come off the back of it and have landed in news are really strong. But then it's all backed up by research into how many people aren't wearing helmets and what um, the, the likelihood of getting injured is looking like. Um, and then they had all of the experts to go and, and speak to interview placements and um, get some of those deeper messaging pieces through. So I just I really like campaigns that have got that whole suite of assets. That means the coverage is really strong and the message really lands. Yeah, it's
1: interesting one that isn't it? I mean it's another uh, brand charity partnership which might be might be worth talking about. Um, James, was that one that you had you seen that one? What do you think of that that one?
0: Do you know what? I hadn't seen it until Ottilie mentioned it uh, and, and gloriously brought it to my attention, which I, su- I suppose the purpose of uh, doing things like that. So uh, so good job, Ottilie. Na- like nailed the actual purpose of this podcast, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> I-, I thought it was brilliant, actually. Uh, I mean, I think you're right, Then There are a lot of uh, brands that kind of go out and say, how can we do soft purpose? Um, I think mainly, actually, back to Kim's point, um, because that is the kind of stuff that punches through the news agenda and actually, you know, people want to write about. Um I think the thing I loved about this is that I mean you can almost imagine uh, you know the pain on the on the uh, on the on the team's face when this brief arrived, which was basically how can we tell people that cycling helmets prevent brain injury? And it's like it's one of those heart sink moments, isn't it, when you get a brief like that? It's so dirty commercial. It's basically sell more bike helmets. Um, but actually, they took the time to go out there and actually think about it, you know, super hard, and then I think just came up with a very simple, straightforward execution of. Well, let's show the impact of it, um, and it sort of sits in that great tradition of let's show the impact of things, stories that probably go all the way back to uh, Graham, the uh, the uh, the car accident resisting uh, model, you know, through to whatever her name was. I fear it may have been Karen, uh, the office worker of the future. Uh, if it's not, then it should be. Um, you know, there's that there's that kind of real tradition in PR of doing that, and then you know, linking a, a relatively commercial. Uh, message with a charity with a let's show what happens if you do or you don't do this thing. Um, but it was an incredibly effective one, I thought.
1: Aussie, what's the next one?
3: Um, and my next one is um, the chickens. So, Honest Egg Company in Australia. Um, and again, it's one of those briefs that you imagine landing on the desk and you just think, oh, how are we going to do this? It's all about how do we show our chickens are actually happy and they do roam free and they're genuinely free range. Um, so they worked with scientists to create fitness trackers for chickens um that had a pedometer function um so we're all used to seeing those stamps on our eggs that say the cell by date or if they're salmonella free and for their um eggs, they actually put the step count of that um that egg's chicken and how many steps they had walked the day that they laid it um so it's actually sort of and you know probably a bit of smoke and mirrors involved in <laughs> how accurate is it really, but to be able to, to see on your egg that the chicken has been happy and has actually been walking around and not bat- battery farmed, I think is really effective. Um, and it was all by creative um, agency, V-M-L-Y-N-R, um, not the bunchiest of names, but I just thought it was really simple, really clever. Um, and it, it just sort of makes you, you chuckle. And it's quite a laborious topic that we're all a bit sick of hearing, um, but in a really fresh way.
1: Yeah, so there's a nice review of that campaign. but remiss, remiss of me not to say it's on Creative moments. So have, have a little look at that one. Go on, Kate, what did you think of that one?
2: Um, I think there's there's kind of two sides of that. Um, there's a real nice element of this because, as Osley said, like you kind of see these campaigns kind of pop up ever so often and someone's like, can we put a live feed to a farm where you can actually see them walking around? Like, you've kind of seen that before. Um, and I can almost imagine um that brainstorm where that person came up with it and like literally everyone started pissing themselves laughing about putting a pedometer on a chicken. Um, um, but like it just it just feels good. Like it's 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 a really nice campaign. Um, and I feel like there's like a again a freshness to it but even just the name fit chicks like I actually thought at first when honestly said it that it was a gym or like some sort of like workout for, for, for women somewhere um but like fit chicks it feels really nice I think the only thing that just kind of throws me off a little bit is how many steps that chicken has taken because I think it just really brings back to life that you're having like actual re- real produce um and potentially could turn anybody vegan if <laughs> they're like oh that chicken was walking around before I started eating its egg okay <laughs> um, but other than that I think it is a really really nice campaign nice uh
1: and your last um the last campaign that's caught your eye
3: the last one was just from Google Street View because I think that they I mean they created something really functional however many years ago and they've turned it into this brand behavior that they keep activating and sometimes it's funny um and it's showing you know potentially where aliens live in in america and they've done lots of stunty things with google street view but they recently did to mark the year anniversary of the ukraine invasion they did um a street view of the ukraine which obviously would be logistically very hard but they did it um and you can switch between footage when you watch it So it so it shows um the streets as they were before the invasion and then you can switch to how it looks now and it's really harrowing really hard-hitting um but I think it's really vital to sort of show the world what's happening and keep it fresh in front of mind um, because they are still suffering so I just think it's a really great way to use that technology um in a way that is quite purpose-driven yeah
1: the power of image um James what do you think of this one yeah, again, I mean, you know,
0: really, yeah, lovely campaign. Uh, you know, I mean, I think probably one of those campaigns that you could only do in partnership uh, with probably the Ukraine government um, and, um, and at a relevant moment. Because uh, otherwise it, it all feels a little bit ambulance chasing um, and, and grubby commercial uh, around such an important issue. But, you know, I think on this occasion, you know, it very firmly came out. There's, you know, Google being on the side of the good guys, but actually doing something to support and, and, and really illustrate um, just how bad things are um, on behalf of Ukraine. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be fascinated to know, uh, you know, who approached who um, in that particular partnership. Um, yes. It would be really interesting to be a fly on the wall in that one.
3: Um, I, I should and, have mentioned, sorry, it was, um, it's with, in partnership with a range of different charities, but one of them is Zelensky's United Twenty Four.
0: Yeah, I mean, just um, yeah, I mean, a you know very impactful piece of work, you know. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, you know, generally speaking, you know, we 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 don't do a great deal of work that really changes the world or has a dramatic impact, um, much as we would all love to. We're all you know too busy selling toothpaste or sofas or whatever it may be, which is important, um, but perhaps not going to change the world. I think um, yeah, the opportunity to be involved in campaigns like that is is just an amazing one. We should, yeah, really embrace it when they arrive, right? Sure.
2: 100% I also feel like there's a real level here of like um, I, I really want to see like in five years someone actually do something with the Ukrainian tourism board or something as to like and and this is how we're like redeveloping or like re like I, you just want to see the succession like you want you don't want to just see it the before the after you want it to be you see it as like the redevelopment as well you want to see that end goal just to just so that it doesn't feel like not necessarily ambulance chasing, but you don't want it to seem like it's just like a, a brand that is showcasing like the real hardship of people, but there is like a, a light at the end of that tunnel as well.
1: Yeah. That's, and let's hope that, um, that, that light arrives sooner rather than later. Um, James, go on, talk us through uh, a couple of campaigns that you like. Uh I'd love to.
0: Thank you. Um, I, I, I've got three offerings, uh, I think this week. Um, do you know what? I was going to kick off with one that I was like, this is really lovely, but I think it could have been so much more, I don't know, impactful perhaps, um, perhaps done bigger, um, but is, uh, is COP90, um, and a gentleman by the name of Kyle Harman Turner, um, who is an artist, um, and runs uh, a not-for-profit called Climate Clubs, um, the strap line of which is, if only we cared about climate change half as much as our football clubs, which is, I think, you know, insightful if nothing else um, but anyway I um, uh, came up with a really really lovely uh, little insight which is that 23 of the 92 English league home grounds are due to be flooded by 2050 uh, which when I saw this uh, story I didn't realize um, uh, and certainly took me aback uh, while I suddenly went around the country working out where the uh, where the floodplains were versus the stadiums but um, then created flooded football kits uh, which was uh, basically taking kits and then Kind of putting a, a sort of watermark across them, um, and I have to say, I thought you know I happened to see it on uh, Copper ninety, um, and I thought it was a lovely campaign. It was actually you know it was the insight that really like nailed it for me, which was you know actually something I give a shit about, something I'm I'm super kind of close to, um and I kind of know the whereabouts of. And then that simple math which is like what 25% of football stadiums uh, in the UK are underwater by 2050, is amazing. Um, if I'm totally honest, I think um, we had a, a bit of a chat about it, the three of us, um, uh, before um, we came on today. You know, we talked about, you know, could you do things with, I don't know, the seats in stadiums, for example, um, you know, to show the water levels. Yeah. Could you take it further? Um, but actually, I think given the resources um, that Kyle has as an NGO, pretty much a one man band trying to raise awareness, um, incredibly um, effective um, piece of communication. Okay. Oh,
2: so-
1: oh, go on, Kim. Yeah.
2: Oh, sorry to, to jump in there. I kind of like, I, I liked that one. The execution, just like, I th- it's not even the execution. I feel like the partnership with Copper90 potentially was a bit mismatched. Um, just because even still, I, I went through the comments and like the audience of Copper90, there was quite a few people that were on there like making kind of silly remarks or like, okay, what's that got to do with me? Kind of um, comments. And I think potentially that comes from, um the, the the kind of audience that Copper ninety attracts in like is are they people that necessarily are maybe the football lads that doesn't really necessarily cost like the the score for that day, um, and and is there was there another platform that that could have sat on but I, I think it was it, it the insight is really lovely and it was really nice I think Copper ninety it just kind of like fell a bit at that point because the audience didn't receive it how they should have.
1: Um go on, James,
0: what's your next one? piece of work you liked. Uh, second one is um is WWF uh, i don't I don't think anyone's got a creative session uh, in a in an agency lately without how shall we use AI uh, coming up at some stage or another. Um, there have been some terrible travesties um, that have uh, have come out of the creative industries as a result of that question being answered badly. Uh, but I think WWF came up with quite a cute one, really simple, really straightforward, uh, done through uh, an agency called Brave Bison. Uh, which isn't one that I've come across before Um, they partnered up with um, the AICC creative community uh, who are a bunch of artists, uh, basically using AI to create interesting visuals. Set them an interesting brief, which was how do you illustrate world without nature um, and really kind of um, and, and set them off, um, and I think that the work was You know, I mean, just wonderfully bleak um, in so many ways, but at the same time, you know, uh, kind of really bleak and very desolate, but in a way that was sort of compelling and that you wanted to watch. Um, You know, I mean, there were gas masks, there were ghostly images um, of animals uh, that will be extinct in the future. Um, You know, we are barraged by these images day in, day out. And I think a little bit like, which is why I kind of liked the um, the football shirts. It's just a different way of, of, you know, telling a story. is at real risk of becoming hackneyed, and that we just switch off to. And I think that if there's anything, you know, I, I really value about kind of great creative ideas, it is continuing people's attention on stuff that's important that otherwise we might switch off from because we've kind of heard it all before, um, and it lies a little bit too far in the future to um, to really matter to us right now. But actually, you know, relentlessly coming up with new ideas around things like climate change, for example, is a is a tough gig, and uh, and I thought they uh, did a pretty good job of it.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's great sometimes when it's refreshing when brands aren't afraid to be bleak because so often you get a brief that says let's talk about suicide or the end of the world but let's make sure it's uplifting. Um, and just having that bit locked off and just being free to be like it's going it's going to be disastrous, guys, is quite compelling.
1: Go on, Kim. Final word from you
3: um I, I think
2: i agree i think we have to be super realistic about um what the future can look like if we don't step up because it's not going to be kind of like sweet and and cool and you know we might be able to save ourselves and like it's it's not a joke um and i think when you start actually seeing it in a way that is a bit a, it's a bit more bleak and it's just real and it's hard hitting i think it it cuts through a lot more as to like it this is something that we should be really worried about and and to kind of like compare the two campaigns um the copper 90 and then this one i think it's it's not just a shiny football shirt if that makes sense it is it is more like a we have to actually take this seriously and i think it's, it's super important that we do see these kind of um campaigns come about so that we we do start thinking about it a lot more seriously
1: brilliant Um, And just to say again, we'll include uh, links and images in the show notes um, uh, as much as we can, so you can uh, take a look at um, the activations of the campaigns we've chatted about on today's show. James, Otte and Kim, thanks so much for your time and insight. I really enjoyed that. Thank you.
2: Thanks
1: very much.
0: Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the
3: Marketeers Network.
1: If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.